Hello and welcome to another episode of Fight on Montana, where we take a deep dive into Grizzlies athletics. I'd like to remind the listener to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you want to get a hold of us, we would love to hear from you. Go to our Instagram page, our Twitter, our Facebook page, at Fight on Montana. We want to hear from you. I have my co-host, my game day repping, ready. First game day away from the game. Let's I go. hope you're doing okay. My co-host, Angel Villanueva. How you doing, buddy? Man, I've been up since 6 a.m., Adam. Let me tell you. Just ready. Let's stretching go. Stretching it out. Stretching it out. Yeah, stretching it out. <laughs> you know, try, trying to get ready for the game, man. Mentally, physically, doing whatever they can, you know, man. I'm just excited for this opportunity, dude. I Like, I for the listeners out there, I've waited, you know, 10-plus years for an opportunity like this, you know? Yeah, I mean, thinking about that when I started football back in high school, you know, as a freshman, I guess I guess you can count flag football in eighth grade and tenth grade. I don't know if you count that necessarily, but even then, before that, I knew nothing in the world of sports. You know, kind of a little fun fact about me when I was a child, um, there was like weight restrictions when it came to youth football, and so really? I was always, yeah, from where huh. the area that I was from at least, and so okay. I was always too too heavy. To actually be able to play. So I knew nothing about football. And my dad watched football casually, but he wasn't passionate about it. So it wasn't really until I got into high school. That's when I developed that relationship with it. And ever since, man, I've always wanted the opportunity to go to a game, watch a game, you know. And so this is that time, man. It's that time to really enjoy it as an adult. So I'm excited for you, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, as a child, you couldn't get me away from sports. If it had a ball, a stick, you know, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, having brothers and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. we were always doing something, either yeah. playing a sport or getting in in, in a fight because somebody yeah. did something and and we <laughs> we we went into fighting mode. So yeah, uh, so for me, and my brothers, it was just shooting each other with paintball guns and BB BB, BB guns. So yeah, yeah, that, that, that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hey. Angel, we are going to do a yep. spring preview. This is our last one. We're going to go into defensive end, uh, the defensive line uh, situation, uh, go into linebacker and safety, and then just kind of go over like what we're expecting for this game today. Um, and yep. and then we're ready to go do d- d- game day, man. Oh, yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. So before we get into all that, you know, we wanted to kind of address this uh, injury news. Um, there is – uh chatter out there uh that Marcus Knight is hurt mm-hmm. um there has been um kind of coach Hauk has said that he is hurt um but there hasn't been really too much like uh word on what that injury is uh the severity of it mm-hmm. um so I'm not going to comment you know I'm, I'm pretty sure all the Grizz fans out there that are in <laughs> you know trying to get information they have heard what it is Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're not going to comment on it. You know, we, we, we wish him a speedy recovery. Okay. We wish him the best. Um, but you know, we're not going to say what, what's going on because we don't know. Um, and so we wish him the best, a speedy recovery and, yeah. and hopefully he heals up, man. Yeah. Prayers up to him, man. Yeah. Speedy so, you know, just injuries and as an athlete is so devastating and oh, it's one yeah. of the things that, you know what, you can't really speak too much about it. When I was playing football, I didn't want to speak too much about it. One, because it gave the opposing team an idea of where I stood, especially as a starter. Mm-hmm. And two, it's it's kind of heartbreaking, you know, to really tell that story over and over again that potentially, 
you know, the trajectory of your athletic career could change, you know, yeah. and that's how it kind of was for me. When I injured my back, just for those of you that don't know, I had to get back surgery. I got a hip surgery. Um, and what ended up essentially happened just a little quickly with my back was there's discs in your back and there's muscle that kind of runs along your back that kind of holds all the discs together. Mm-hmm. And in that muscle wall, your nerves can run over them, through them or under that muscle wall. Um, and what ended up happening is that my disc penetrated through the muscle wall, essentially tearing my nerves. Because of that, I played that last football season with no feeling in my right leg for, you know, maybe about, I would say about 40% of the leg, you know, kind of going down my shin all the way down my foot. I can't really feel too much. And that so, was your senior year or your junior year? That was my wow. senior year. And so, and so because of that, I mean, the players used to kind of poke fun at me and be like, yeah, you're playing with a peg, you know? So yeah. it was just kind of like a cool little thing, but I'm really proud of how I ended, but it's one of those things like it tr- changed the trajectory of my career, my athletic career, and just me as a young man immensely. And so injuries is a scary thing. It's a, a, a place where you don't necessarily know. And there's always that pressure. There's always yeah. that pressure. I remember as an athlete, it was always, you got to come back, you got to yeah. come back. And I knew I wasn't ready to come back simply because I was in so much pain, you know, especially because mm-hmm. of the back. You know, I'm a heavy guy. I was a big guy. I played around 325, 330 kind of playing weight. And being able to carry that on your back and your spine is is no easy task. Yeah. You know? And so well, and just, just the mental mental health side of that, too. And just with worrying about your job, you know, your job, your, your spot like that. It's It's hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, man. It's it, it's it's a different. It, it's a, it's a, it's a tough business to be in because there's always that pressure. And I'm just a kid. You're just a kid. Yeah, you're exactly. Still learning. You're still figuring it out. So it's one of those things. It's like speedy recovery, Demarcus. And I really yeah. hope nothing seriously is wrong. I hope that he bounces back even stronger than ever. And I hope it's one of those injuries that doesn't prevent him from you know having a successful you know following year. So um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, hey, man, let's get into the uh, the spring depth chart here. Let's, do it. let's go to that defensive end side. You know, what are we losing? I know that Milton uh, Mamula transferred, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've lost Ryder Rice, and I'm going to butcher this name, Vika Vika Vatusi. Vika Vika Vika. Okay. <laughs> See, I knew I was. A, I, I knew I was gonna. I was gonna mess oh, it God. up. No, yeah, we so, lost him, um, and then also Jesse Sims as well. Um, yep. He's out of rotation. Jesse is a strong dude. Let me tell you that. Goodness yeah. gracious. For no reason. He, <laughs> he's walking around that big for no reason, just because. <laughs> My goodness. So, yeah, we're losing him, losing Vika, um, Rice, um, and then also – who was that first one you said again? Milton. Uh, Milton. Milton, yeah. Yeah, Milton. Um, for those of you who don't know, he's a legend. He's son of legendary um, – What's his father's name? I forgot. I'm, um, I'm right now. No, I can't. I, didn't he play for the Chargers? Yeah, yeah. He. Uh, no, he played for the Eagles. Eagles, Eagles. Uh-huh. There you go. So, um, yeah, and so th- those are the those are the ones that we're losing. Um, you know, one of the areas that you know is pretty exciting. We have a uh, Justin uh, Belknap uh, a transfer from Arizona. Um, he was coming in, I believe, with a linebacker position in Arizona. They moved him to defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of exciting to see uh, how he kind of tra- transfers into a different um, spot on the defense, as well as just some of the the other players that we have with that position. I'll kind of go over what we have. 
Um, you know, we have Alex uh, Herbert, uh, Joe Babros, mm -hmm. um, Jacob McGorn, uh, you know, Braden Deming, uh, mm -hmm. Noah Cashmitter, RJ Nelson. And, um, you know, we have Corby Mann coming in um, this summer um, from La uh, Red Lodge. Uh, so I believe Noah Cashmitter is a gray shirt because I think he was either hurt last year or coming back from an injury. So I don't mm -hmm. know if, if you knew him very well. But if you look at that defensive end spot, there's a lot of guys that, you know, maybe have had some playing experience mm -hmm. and have are, are really, really good. Um, and I think that's kind of, and I don't know if you agree. Um, I think the Grizz have been missing a defensive end, a pass threat. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. I mean, the last pass threat, you know, that came from that defensive end spot was Tyrone Holmes that actually, you know, had that, gr that, with that great speed, that great attacking. Um, you know, we, Jesse Sims, awesome. He was a pass rusher. He played, I believe, defensive tackle. Well, I don't think he was a pass rusher. I think he was just a big body, a strong a body. Player, you know? Yeah. And so that's where you get into that good point that you said. You know, we kind of haven't had that finesse really quick off the edge. Yeah. And so when Joe came in, Joe was actually my roommate for um, about a year and a half. So we had, you know, we, when he moved in, I had a spot open up. I asked him to come live with me. He said yes. And because of that, we've developed a great friendship. But the guy can play for nice. sure. Mm -hmm. He gets off the ball really well. He's, you know, you look at his size and he's extremely strong too, yeah. you yeah. know, which throws it off. So when you combine the, those characteristics of speed and strength, man, coming off the edge, because he gets off the edge like, you know, like no other. Yeah. You know, he gets up pretty well. And so I think he's going to have a breakout year, my personal opinion. Yeah. Just what I know him as a player, what I know him as a man, I think he's going to come out and really play. He's really committed himself. And every time I talk to him, you know, he seems like he's having more and more fun with, with it. Obviously, transferring is tough for anybody. So I think in the beginning, it was a transitioning period for him. It was yeah. a learning curve for him. It was an adjustment role. Where does he fit in? What's the playing style like? You know, coming into a different defense, you don't necessarily know. So the yeah. fact that he came in, you know, wanting to set himself apart, I think he's worked his way up to the point where he's going to have a breakout year. On top of matching Deming on the other side, you know, Deming has always been consistent. Deming has always been a hard worker. He's always been wanting to go out there and put put forth his best best effort. So I think that's what's going to happen this year. You know, I think he's really, they're both going to complement each other because they have different types of play when it comes to that defensive end position. And then when we come to the middle, you know, obviously you have the rotation of those guys, that Eli Alford, you know, he's always been in a rotation. He's had some great – he had the, um, the safety uh, last year. Yeah, yep. against uh, I forgot who, but man, or two, I guess a year and a half ago. But he had that he had that chance to to make that safety, and it was awesome for him, man. He's an awesome dude. Fun fact about Eli: Eli is like two hundred ninety pounds, two hundred pounds, but he shreds down the mountain when he goes snow or when he goes skiing. He's a really good skier. Nice, which is surprising for for that body size, <laughs> and that body like, rolling down the hill. So yeah, like one uh, one of the guys that I'm really excited about. Um, and before that, you know, they, they came out with their depth chart for the defensive end, and they asked they have uh, Justin uh, Belknap mm -hmm. uh, uh, starting, and then um, sorry, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, defensive okay. end, yeah. uh, Justin Belknap is a starter, and then Joe Babros on the other side, um, and then the the guys behind them are uh, Braden Deming 
and then Jacob McGorn um, would finish out the other side as well. I, I, I just want to say something about Jacob. Jacob, I think he's going to be a he's going to be a player. He's going to be a he dog. Is. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I th- I'm really excited about him because you know he only had four games last year because they redshirted him. But in those four games, I believe he had you know a couple pressures. I know he had a sack. I believe in the Weber State game. Um, so yeah. you know, I he he's he's a he's a baller. I think that he's going to really show out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm glad that they have some depth in that area too as well. Um, and kind of develop that as well. So, mm-hmm. so fun fact about Jacob, I've I've played against some great players. I played against Tyron Holmes. I played against Cape Killer. Um, my coach at the linebacker position. You know, I've I've rotated against some really really, uh, you know, premier players. But Jacob was somebody that I can consistently never truly block when it came to the pass rush. I've always I don't even know what it was. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> It would frustrate me to hell to try to figure out how the hell I'm going to block this guy on a pass rush, you know, and I get a little nervous, you know, kind of thinking about that situation just because, you know, I would always get ringed afterwards. Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on with you? Why, why can't you block this guy? You know, so for whatever reason, and you know what, I'm excited to kind of see where, where he takes it, man. So we'll see. Do we need to like set up like some cone drills so that you can get that out of your system, man? Yeah, I need to get it out of my system. Man. <laughs> it's been Shout out Jacob, man. You're gonna have a big year. I can't wait to see what you put out. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. You know, the defensive line, um, going to the defensive line area, you know, we have uh, a lot of freshmen on that that uh that side of the ball. Henry Noose, a freshman, Journey, uh Grimsrud, uh, and then the other four are coming in this summer. Uh, Kellen Dietrich, Zach Evans, Ben McGorn, uh, Sloan McPherson, and Dylan Smith um, are all coming in this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, with you know, with them being freshmen, do you think that they're going to be getting some playing time this this fall? And and what do you think about that? I would hope so. Uh, you know what? I, th- I think a majority of those guys will redshirt Jack like usual, but I think also at the same time, um, there are certain guys <clears throat> like Jacob. You know, Jacob that just has a little bit more, you know, kind of that football savvy mindset as far as being have, having that ability to come in and play, and especially with the four game role. You know, you can play those four games and not lose a year of eligibility. I think they're going to take advantage of that as much as they can. If they see something that they like, they're going to use them, you know, whether they be an inside guy, whether it be a pass rusher on the edge, whether it be a hybrid on the outside or maybe even a different position. You know, if, if a guy knows how to play or can play or has the ability to play, they'll play them. They'll play them. So I think I think some of those guys will get playing time, but I think majority of them will just need to take that freshman year, that, that redshirt year. That's how it was for me. That's how yeah. it was for the majority of guys in my class. The only one I think that did not have that did not have the opportunity was uh, Jeremy Calhoun, which just oh, because he was yeah. a great player coming in and he necessarily was ready to play, you know, as opposed to a lot of us that needed that year development, that needed a time to adjust, you know, in all types of facets. So I think some of those guys will, but I don't think all of them will. So we so, got a we got a comment from Michael. Yeah. Right here. Uh, Michael so, Kemper. Yeah. He said, "Do you think the recent lack of edge rusher isn't so much the ability of the players, but more of the package or co- coaching scheme, uh, like more of a containing role versus a rushing role?" I really don't know. Just asking. That's a great question, Michael. Thank you for commenting. Um, that really is an uh, interesting. I think it plays a little bit of both. You know, obviously the coaches want to make sure that they put in a great package in order to make sure that we're successful. But a lot of times it's just getting your job done. 
Everybody mm-hmm. has a single role um, that they need to be responsible for. And sometimes, you know, depending on certain years, it's not as strong. And we need to maybe have, you know, kind of a, a corner, kind of keep an eye out on the edge or, or kind of help contain the edge. And so there's different packages that go into play. But obviously, these coaches are top tier. You know, they yeah. know what they're doing. They've been, yeah. they've been in this profession for years after years. So it's a little bit of a combination of both. So that's where it's like we know we have that consistent coaching. We know we have a really solid defense. I think last or once I played in 2019, our defense was – do you remember what it was? I think it was ranked like top two right under Weber State. Um, uh, yeah, it was – well, and, you know, the, it was probably leading the big sky for a lot of areas. Um, I know they were right under um, – Weber State, uh-huh. they they had the rushing yards. It was it was a little over, not much over a hundred yards per game. Yeah. Um. The the touchdowns was where where it was really strong as they they held um yeah. the opponent under. I believe yeah. it was like eight or ten touchdowns uh-huh. that year. So yeah. And if you think about it, 2019 wasn't the best year to be a, a defensive lineman. You know, they yeah. had a really strong year as far as, you know, basically shutting people out when they came to scoring touchdowns. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, as far as how many sacks the actual defensive line got, yeah. you look at it, it wasn't a whole lot, yeah. you know. And so that kind of plays into a role of the package game. That kind of plays into a role of like, okay, individual players. So I think the play is going to be elevated this year. I think we have a lot more athletic guys that are w- w- willing and able to fit that position right now. Well, it'll be interesting to kind of go back, and I haven't done that, and I will, Michael, I, I will look into this question because, like, uh, the last, you know, true, like, legit uh, rusher on the end would be Tyrone Holmes. Mm-hmm. He, what was his last year? Was his last year 14 or 15? Fif- uh, 15, yeah. So 15. that wasn't the Hauk era because he was still gone so it would be kind of interesting to see um i don't think i do not think they played a three three five because that's basically what they're playing now is that Mm -hmm. three three five um to see compared to when the last time um you know hawk was here they weren't playing that three three five either um to kind of like compare someone or or a team that is playing that three three five and to see the difference between um, the Grizz in that team to see if if those numbers are the same, to see if it is the scheme, and to see maybe if it's um, just the the how how they're formed. If that's why we're not getting enough, you know, we're getting. It's not necessarily we're not getting enough pressure because we are. If we were not getting enough pressure, we'd be getting beat all the time because yeah. the QB would be getting enough time and just sitting back there and, and dialing it up. Um, so that's not not the case at all. Um, they are getting pressure. They're just not getting the sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be interesting to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper to see if they are, you know, getting mm-hmm. to the, the quarterback. So that's, that's another thing, too. Playing a three-man front is a lot easier than playing against four or five. Let me just yeah. <laughs> I know we do have a lot of blitz packages. You know, there's always somebody coming to, which yeah. makes it hard as an offensive line. You know, it's hard to block four down men. But at the same time, if you have one guy that has five yards on you that's just coming full glow, full blow, especially like a guy like Jace Lewis, you know, yeah, that's that could potentially be a scary thing because he throws his whole body into that man. He doesn't care. He's you know kind of animalistic when it comes to how he wants to approach and get to the quarterback. And so there's different things that play into it. Um, so it's just really kind of figuring out 
where we all fit in. You know, it's a little bit of a combination of everything. It's a package that we run. It's a type of blitz that we have. Um, is it meant primarily for the linebacker to get there? You know, there's there's a method to all the madness to it. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's get into that defensive tackle position. You know, I, like we mentioned, you know, we're losing Jesse Sims, um, that role that he played. I believe also Cole Rosling is not there as well. Yeah. Um, and I think he transferred, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. To like tech. He's done. He's done. And I, I'm sure Cole, me and Cole were in a similar boat. I actually injured myself, but he was on the verge of injuring himself with his back. He was having, okay. you know, kind of big bag issues initially. I know he's better now, but initially he was having some back issues. And I know that played a role into, I think, I I would like to think that played a role into him kind of reconsidering like, hey, this could potentially hurt me for a long time. So I I, I think he made the right move, you know? And yeah. sometimes I kind of sit here and think like, did I make the right move and, and you know, staying or going, you know, but I 100% made the right move. I'm glad about it, you know? So yeah. uh, it was just one of those things that's unfortunate, but he was going through some injuries as well. Um, so, but prayers to him, man. I hope he's doing well. I haven't heard from him in a, in a little while. So, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, we are losing Jesse Sims on that side of the ball. You know, who who fills that void? You know, he. You know, Jesse Sims was that 37. We still don't know who, who 37 is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm thinking we're probably not going to find out till maybe after the spring if, mm-hmm. if they say that or even closer towards, you know, the next fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, who fills that void? You know, we have Eli Alford, you know, Alex Gubner, and Lorenzo Brown that are are the three defensive tackles that we have that are slated for that. I'm pretty sure that all those guys will probably get playing time, then they'll rotate oh, yeah. them in. Oh, yeah. um, and so, you know, it's not necessarily one having the starting pos- position because I know that uh, Eli Alford has that starting position right now based off of the, the two depth, deep depths chart. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do we – do you see a certain guy kind of exploding in that position? I think, they're, I think they're all consistently really good. You know, yeah. they're good in their own ways, and they're all different type of play. Obviously, you have Lorenzo Brown. He's a little bit lighter, but he's a little bit quicker. You know, he's yeah. a little bit more finesse. He's a little make that move to make you miss, you know, type of guy. Um, and then, obviously, you have Alice Gubner, which is just a tank and a half. You know, he's a mm-hmm. big, big body, and he's extremely strong, too. You know, I think he's – I would like to say besides Jesse – you know, one of the more true nose tackles that we've had in a long, long time. As far as when I'm talking about just naturally built in size and strength and the style of play, you know, so he's a big body and he's tough yeah, to block. Definitely. And he has some moves on him too when he wants to pull him out, you know. And then obviously you have Eli Alford, which is kind of the hybrid between the two. He's strong. He's big. He's not. As, he's probably not as big as Alex, but he's just as strong. And he has a little bit more finesse, a little bit more kind of a flexibility. He's able to move a little more, uh, 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 not aggressively, but just different as compared to Alex. Yeah, Alex is a great mover, too. He knows how to get off the ball and move very well. Well, and, you know, that kind of, you know, in a 3-3-5, three, three, you know, that defensive tackle position, um, and let me know if I'm wrong, is a little bit different when you're having a forefront because that forefront, I believe, you know, you want that defensive tackle or that nose tackle to kind of plug. Mm-hmm. Now, n- not necessarily with a three three man because you're wanting to get some pressure on on the quarterback, but you're not wanting that nose tackle just to plug because you've got holes already there that the linebackers are going to yeah. be searching for. A lot of responsibility, um, man. A lot of responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's so, the thing about it. Those guys are up for the challenge. And yeah. I think 
it's one of those things I think people can say, argued last year, well, the defensive line didn't get crazy amount of sacks. Well, obviously, they provided enough pressure where exactly. they weren't able to score, you know, yeah. as consistently as maybe teams would have liked. You know, there was multiple times where they're in the red zone, plugged them up. Yeah. And that yeah. goes an attribution. That, that's a shout-out to the coaching staff. That's a shout-out to the actual players. And that's yeah. just a shout-out to the grit, you know. There's a been bend, bend not break break defense. Bend not break. There's yep. you no. Know, it's so easy in those situations when they're five yards down the line and they've ran ten plus plays already, and you're exhausted, and all you want to do is get off the field. You know that's where you nut up or shut up. You know exactly. And those guys were ready to play. And well, so, it shows like grit too, man. Like yeah. You know how probably devastating. Like going back when I played uh, high school ball, it was devastating. You you work so hard, and somebody does a a big run, and then you know. You're in the the red zone, and you, it, like you said, nut up or shut up. You really have to make sure that you do your job yeah. so that they don't score. Yeah. And you know, you know the defensive line situation. I think we have a have a lot of good guys there, a yeah. lot of good athletic guys. I think you know each each year it's it's you know getting better. Um, yeah. And so I I just see a lot of these guys. I just see it changing this year. Yeah. I, I see some of the stuff that they're doing when they're they're posting stuff. Um, you know, some of the, the body changes as well that you you hear and you they've reported out with weight and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I think the, the sky is the limit for this group. Yeah. I really am really excited to see this defense. I'm excited for football, man. We got football today, dude. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like I'm ready to like r- take my shirt off, like body paint like running around my house and just like my wife would probably kick me out. So um <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, you know, that defensive tackle position, I think that they're they're getting better. Um mm-hmm. and all around the the offense and the the roster is getting deeper, is getting better, more athletic, yeah. um faster and stronger. It'll be really interesting to see um, with the new uh, trainer, the athletic trainer, um, how how it changes from this year to you know two down two years down the line with with uh, Dan Ryan um, mm-hmm. to see the difference. Yeah, see that's and I heard that his coaching style is, is a lot different than what we previously had with Coach Nixon. Shout out Coach Nixon, he's the reason why I was able to kind of get through that last year. Um, he really took a lot of time and effort to really sit down with me, answer any questions I had, give me guidance, kind of break down for me, um, just nutrition and health in general, you know, the the power of mobility work, you know, a lot of people think, well, stretching is going to help me be a better athlete. Yeah, that's a compliment, but what's really going to elevate you to another level is taking the time to do mobility work, you know, so at young athletes out there that are, that are able to kind of catch the show and listen to us, get into mobility work now, you know, make sure that you're able to move at the at the at the highest amount of effectiveness you know taking care of your body in that way is going to prove to yield a lot more results than lifting really really heavy and also you know just stretching it's a compliment when you use those but i think mobility work really made a difference for me that last year and that's shout out to nicholson as opposed to the new coach i don't necessarily know his coaching style but i do know that he is olympic lift you know Mm -hmm. kind of really heavy i don't know to the extent of how much, you know, it differs from Nicholson simply because obviously it's a different man. It's a different coaching stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they play out and how they develop. Cause I heard that they go heavy and they go hard, you know, yeah. that's not to say that Nicholson didn't make us do that, but he was really conscious about being 
a little bit more effective as far as let's focus on mobility work. Let's focus on, you know, range of motion. Let's focus on movement, you know, transition work, you know, mm-hmm. and I just don't know necessarily enough about the new athletic trainer to kind of be able to compare. Well, and I have read some things that they've put out and he, they, he is Olympic le- lifter kind of like that's his forte. Um, and so I think this last spring, you know, there is a lot of, they do a lot of heavy lifting in the spring um, and then the summer, I believe when they're getting ready for the, for the year, but during the year, um, it said that they go down from their weight and they do not heavy weight. They do more reps and less weight, mm-hmm. um, to kind of just kind of, um, do that. So I'm hoping that they do a lot of the mobility, um, training, like you mm-hmm. said, and, and kind of the work while they're in, um, you know, season. Cause I think, you know, a lot of the, uh, now for for those athletic trainers is is helping those guys not get hurt yeah um exactly. the prevention and um there was something out there that he's helped idaho state drop and and um injuries um and not necessarily like you know getting stronger so i really do hope that they're continuing to look into that mm-hmm. um because you know injuries are a part of football but it's, man it's- if you can do anything to to you know get that down and prevent that you got to do that for your players. It's such a huge part of your lifestyle that I don't think a lot of people take into consideration, not necessarily, um, you know, the work that you put on a daily basis, but the training, the type of training that you get presented, you know, some athletic trainers, unfortunately around the country just don't have those capabilities, don't have that know-how. They don't have that, you know, that knowledge to really kind of put some of those guys in the best positions. And that's why you do see injuries. Sometimes yeah. it's bad training. That's just the reality of what the industry is. You know, you can't have great trainers everywhere you go, yeah. you know, and that's just what it is sometimes. And so the fact that we have a guy that's, you know, kind of what you said was able to kind of lower injuries, but also remain really strong, go really heavy. You know, that's what you're kind of looking for. And I know those guys picked the right thing right the right coach but it's still a scary thought to necessarily yeah. think that potentially you know some of those guys could get hurt you know because of bad training and that's how it is across the country with different programs i yeah. i don't think that's going to be a case here but it's just a sad reality of it you know that there's a guy that handles 100 plus players on a year-to-year basis and because of proper technique proper train uh, improper training um it puts them in a position to really kind of hurt themselves and so yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it, that job is, that's a huge job. Mm-hmm. Like, cause in the off season, you know, you're not probably getting your coaches that that's yeah. the guy that you're working with. Yeah. That's the guy that you have a relationship that yeah. that job is not just making these athletes stronger. Debatably, Adam, I'm just kind of just curious. Do you think that's the most important kind of coaching position? Oh yeah, definitely. Cause not necessarily, you're not, you're there getting them stronger, but man, you, it's a relationship. You're getting them. Hey, how are you, man? How's the family? How how are you doing? Mm-hmm. If you're not if that position, if you're not checking on your player's mental health, you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. So that I think that is probably the most important position. And I even think it's even more important than the head coach, mm-hmm. honestly, because yeah. if, if you look at you know, the dichotomy of, of a coaching, you got your head coach right below that, I think is your athletic trainer where mm-hmm. he's getting word from the athletic or from the mm-hmm. head coach. Yeah. 
like he's getting what to do. He's getting the philosophy. He's getting, you know, uh, what's our mantra for this year? What's our slogan for this year? What are we doing? You know, um, yeah, it, it's coming from the head coach. And if you're not, you know, look, checking your players, it's not even, it's not just, you know, heavy lifting. It's not just working out. I really think it the the main part of that job is just checking and having those relationships with those players and that mental health side, making sure they're eating well, making sure they're, you know, got their head on straight. I, you know, it, it's, it's a really important job. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. One of the things that I love about Nicholson, you know, when I was kind of down in the dumps, he always was able to kind of put into perspective, you know, yep. let me know that, Hey, this isn't serious enough to be this down for, you know, don't dig yourself a deeper hole. You know, yeah. that was one of the things that, that he kind of told me at, at a couple of different times. And he told a couple of the players, too. He's like, hey, your hole's already dug. It's an unfortunate situation, but don't dig it any deeper than what it is. You know, yeah. it's because of that. I was like, OK, so what can I do? What am I in control of? And yeah. he kind of gave me that confidence to say, this is my choice, how I treat my body, how I take care of it, the day to day operations as far as what I'm eating. Because, I mean, people know my story. Went through a span in time where I was down in the dumps, where I was eating out almost every single day, you know, trying to go to McDonald's, trying to go to Bergen Taco Bell right by the university and just stuff my face with it because I was, you know, so tired. I, you know, it was hard for me to get out of bed. You know, I was stuck in bed. You know, and any chance I had, if I had 45 minutes to come home, I'd come home and try to nap and like really kind of pull out every single second before I had to, you know, go back and feel like just like I was dragging myself like a coat, you know, like a heavy, heavy coat. It was just one of those things. And he was one of those guys that said, hey, man, like you're in control of it. You know, this is a lot of unfortunate situations, but you're in control of what you want to do. You have a choice right here. And you know what? I'm glad it kind of happened that way because it opened my eyes to the realization of taking care of your body. And exactly. I'm, a, I'm a believer in it, that it starts inward, outward, which mm-hmm. you in your body is going to really kind of put you in that position to really succeed as an athlete. And yep. so because of that, man, I have nothing but love, admiration, respect for him. And I wish nothing but the best. He knows he always has, you know, a spot in my home or, or a, a beer to come home to, man. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, hey, let's go down to the linebacker. You know, that's the position that, you know, we're losing um, All-American Dante Olsen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's a huge, huge fill, uh, role to fill. I, I think that we've got a great group of linebackers that are going to be able to fill that position. I think even now, and this is, I, I think I'll probably get eaten up alive by my some Fugues fans, but I think our linebacker position is better than when Dante was here. You think so? I think so. I think that, you know, yeah, we're losing an All-American, but because of that, you're getting those players behind him that more developed. I think the the guys that are coming up and they're going to be getting that playing time, they have been able, excuse me, they've been able to see greatness. They've been able to see Dante go from, um, you know, a player from Oregon to uh, coming here to be going into the draft and 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 playing professionally. Um, I think that they're going to be able to develop. I think they'll be able to get better. So I'm just going to go down the line of what, what we have. So Marcus Wellnow, uh, Asher Croy, Jace Lewis, Braxton Hill. It might be a little while. There's a lot of players. <laughs> Levi Janicaro, Kale Edwards, Ryan Terrell, Chase Johansson. Michael Matthews, Tyler Flink, Patrick O'Connell. Uh, then, you know, we've got two more coming in this summer, uh, Gino Leonard and Soren Sivrud. 
I'm going to mm-hmm. probably say that say that wrong. So, um, you know, going on the two the two deep depth chart, you know, you've got Jace Lewis as your um, linebacker, Marcus Wellnow, and pra- Patrick O'Connell um, backing them up are Braxton Hill, Michael Matthews, and Levi Janicaro. Um, I just think that from the the standpoint of what we had, you know, a year and a half ago, and I could be totally wrong because it's been a year and a half since we've had football. Um, but just the the depth that that linebacker position, I think it kind of raises the bar of our linebacking crew where it might be better than when it was a year and a half ago. Now I might be totally off, but I I like to you know see that. Uh, when, when you're looking at a roster, when you're looking at your player development and saying, oh, well, which w- which year is, is better? Like, if you have more, I think it's always better. You have more uh, consistency, more depth, more just development. It's it's better than having, you know, two or three guys that are all Americans. If you have six or seven guys that are pushing each other, that are developing each other, I think that makes that group better than, you know, having two all Americans. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know what? I think uh, you raise a good point. The consistency of the experience, the consistency of just getting adjusted to the program and this lifestyle. It, a year is always going to be better than now. You know, yeah. a, near, a year from now, I mean, thinking about my playing days, I feel like I'm a better athlete now than I was a year ago. You know, yep. part of that is credit to the weight that I'm losing, how I'm taking care of myself. I'm another year removed from injury. So that helps, you know, and I can only imagine the same thing happens at every other position for every other man. You know, they get another year under the belt and then what happens? They get a little better. They get a yep. little stronger. They get a little faster, a little bit more aggressive, a little more of that killer attitude, the killer instinct that you want in a player. You know, and I think that those types of things are that develop those players to have that consistent play all throughout, you know, that whole position. It's a stacked position. There's a yeah. lot of guys. And that's a lot of it. the twos can play just as much as the ones can play, you know. Yep, yep. And I think now that you're kind of mentioning it, I think Pat has a breakout year. I think we saw flashes yep. of greatness from him last year, but I think this is the year where he really stands out. I think everybody's attention is going to be kind of on Jace, but I think Pat's yep. going to have that opportunity to really kind of blow up. And who's to say, you know, who knows? Marcus might be, Mike, Marcus has been a tank since I've known him. He's yep. been extremely strong, committed, fast. It's really just about what he wants to, you know, kind of get out of this upcoming year. So he has the potential equally just as Pat to kind of have that breakout year or start kind of breaking out and letting himself know that, hey, I can play. and I can play really good. Well, and I think, you know, a, a guy that I think people are not really, you know, looking at is Levi Janicaro. You know, going yeah. from um, a running, I think we're running back to a linebacker position. Uh, I think he's gained some weight, too, because mm-hmm. <laughs> what they have him listed at is six foot. 241. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was that when he was a running back. I think he was in the J20s. He's, a, he's um, solid too. A lot of yeah. people, 240 at six feet, you'll be like, oh, you're a little bit on the husky side. No, no, no. The dude is solid. Yeah. Gracious. Run through so it, man. Yeah, I think that, you know, that uh, Levi could have a breakout year too, you know, just backing up um in that that role but you've got you've got some talent man jace lewis is gonna is gonna you know try to fill that role that that dante had um and this is what i always look at too is okay these guys are in a new position Mm -hmm. okay their leader on the side of that defense the for that linebacking crew is not there who's gonna step up now Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there hasn't been a guy that stepped up because I'm not at practices. I'm not in the film rooms where there's a guy that's stepping up, 
there's got to be a guy on there that is in that role because that linebacker position is is key. That is the voice of that crew. Um, so I I hope that that's true because if if they do have a guy that's stepping up like that, I think this defense could be awesome and kind of mm-hmm. stepping up even far farther than it did last year or mm-hmm. the year and a half ago. It's debatable in a lot of senses that people say the linebacker is like the quarterback of the defense, you know, yeah. as far yeah. as making uh, setting up, setting up literally everything, making sure everybody's online, kind of setting up the tempo, uh, establishing that play. So there's a lot of responsibility comes to playing the linebacker position. Not yeah. only do you have to be one of the most well-rounded, athletic and strong guys, you know, because you can debate they're strong corners and safety, but they're not as strong as some of those linebackers, you yeah. know. For the for the defensive uh, line position, they're, they're strong, but then maybe not as quick and nifty as some of the, that that linebacker position. So there's yeah. that debate that they're really kind of the true leader and the heart and soul of a defensive, you know, just kind of a scheme. And so because of that, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, like you said, I can't really name right now and say there's one guy that I'm like this guy has stepped up and he's the true true leader. But there's a lot a lot of good play. You know. Yeah. And they may be just a situation that they thrive that way. Maybe they're just all, hey, we work extremely hard. We lead by example. And that's what we feed off of each other. Maybe that's the type. Because I've been part of offensive line units where it's like, hey, it's more actual go out and show it. You know, be that be that example, you know, lead by example type of situation. I've been part of other offensive line units where it's really vocal, really communicative, you know. So I've been part of both tiers. Well, and it's it'll be interesting to see. You know, like you said, with that linebacker position, is, is it important? You know, it's the voice of that defense. Like I would say too that um, it is, but also like just because what what the Grizz play, you know, the, those safeties that we have are an important role as well. That mm-hmm. kind of play that position too. That that are kind of going back and forth, um, seeing coverages and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. So exactly, and, and that's that's that, that's where we're going next is safeties. Um, you know, this is. This is a crazy man. We've got a lot of safeties, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, you know, Gavin uh, Robertson, uh, Nash Fouch, Garrett Graves, Jackson uh, PP. Is it PP or Pepe? Pepe, dude. I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I, I am. I am. I didn't. I didn't want to say. The, you know uh, what man, I was. Man, that's yeah. funny, dude. Yeah. Let's just say, yeah. Adam, uh, naming these guys is not your strong suit, dude. No, no. Um, I will probably, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, you can yell at me on, on Twitter if you need to. Uh, I will take it. Uh, David Copang, uh, Gabe Longin, Rishi Daniels, Ryder Myers, Robbie Houck, Jay Snyder, Jackson Lee, Max uh, Freight, Jace Kluchich is coming in at the, the summer, Brady and uh, Patrick. Patrick Lang are coming in in the summer as well. Um, so that's a lot of guys, yeah, a yeah. lot of guys. Um, so, you know, we've got some guys coming back from last year with Robbie Howe, with, you know, Gavin Robertson, um, but they're trying to fill that, I believe that nickel position um, with, sorry, Nash Fouch is, is on the two depth chart is saying that they're, that's their their guy there with Garrett Graves um, backing him up in that that nickel position, which if you know the Grizz, that's probably a, a really important position mm-hmm. since they have um, five guys back there with with mm-hmm. the cornerbacks and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a busy group. It's a group that 
has some experience, but it also has some young, young um, depth as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what type of development they do this year, trying yeah. to bring up those, those other guys um, just because, you know, with um, Garrett Graves going from, man, he's been, he's been switched a lot. You know, I think he came in as a quarterback and now he's a safety. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's a smart guy and an and athletic guy, but that, that position is, is, is hard to play. There's a lot that goes into that position um, with that defense. It'll be interesting to see the development of those guys, those young guys behind those guys so that they can bring up that depth because, you know, they do have some guys that have experience, but it'll be really important this year to get that depth ready just in case, you know, there's an injury. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. But when you think about a position, Adam, every single time, time and time again, I'm a true, true believer of this. What do you want? You want depth. Yep. You guys have depth. Yep. And not only do you have depth, but you have a combination of experience. You have a combination of flashes of brilliance in a lot of ways. So I think it's going to – I think they're at the sweet spot of their position group. You know, yeah. some of this – I think they're probably – I would like to say that they're at the, the the prime of the position group that they're going to be in this rotation of recruiting classes. You yeah. know, they have some experience. They have some different types of play because Robbie Hawk is a 360 of a player than uh, Gavin Robertson. You yeah. know, they're really, really different types of plays, but they're both extremely effective in their own way. You know, when you combine that, you know, with Fouch playing the nickel position, when you combine that with – with uh, Graves kind of backing him up, you know, he's just a freak of athlete. You saw flashes of greatness on his special team side last year. You know, I think they're really in route to really be a really strong point of the defensive unit, you know? Yeah. That's I, my whole opinion. I hope it plays out like that, you know? But then again, I'm going to let the listeners know, I don't know nothing about nothing. Just because I nope. play football, I don't know anything <laughs> about anything. I don't know what they're up to. I don't know, schemes, I don't know, game plans, you know, like uh, people think that I'm still working at the facility or something like that, (laughs) following Bobby Hauk around. Even as a player, you're like, I don't really know what's going on. I just knew this was my assignment. I had to play, and this is how to read the defense, you know? So I'm I'm a little dummy. So don't (laughs) ask me for advice. I'm just giving my two cents. I hope I'm right with it. Well, if you have two cents, then I probably have like a penny, so um, (laughs) – so we'll, we'll leave it at that, man. Yeah. Um, you know, going into like our two, our two deep, uh, our two deep depth chart. Wow. That's a, uh, that came out, you know, I don't know if you've been able to look at it, but some of the things that kind of, you know, stuck out to me, um, were, you know, they put, you know, the punter and the kicker, the Brian Buscini as the punter kicker would be Jack Cooper. Um, one of the areas would be the kick returner, you know, um, being, um, Sorry, Malik Flowers, but backing him up would be Gabe uh, Solcer. Um, and also punt return. Mm-hmm. You know, Gabe, Gabe Solcer has got that spot, but behind him is Robbie, Robbie Houck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that kind of surprised me there. Um, and then just, you know, the defensive end position of uh, Justin Belknap and, and Jacob McGoran, um, just that stacked side of the, the, the defensive line kind of mm-hmm. surprised me. Um, did you have any thoughts on that, man? Or wh- wh- where do you think about the depth chart that they, they let out? And is that, you know, me, I don't think, I don't take really like solace in that depth chart because there's a lot of moving parts yeah. and you're not going to want to show your hand right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, just to give it the fan to see who's who's where and who's where, you know, it's, it's nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not, 
you know, putting all my money on that. You know what? I, it's tough for me to kind of really comment on that really in depthly, just because I think for the first time in the years that I played football, we've had some really strong positions. And a lot of times you can tell a clear distinction between another one. At yeah. certain times, the offensive line was considered a weak point. At certain times, it was considered a strong point, you know, yeah. at a top-tier group, you know. And so I've always been part of teams that was just like, well, this position's good, but this position might be better. I think I'm truly at a state of nostalgia where it's like every position has a has an opportunity to really blow up and show yeah. up, you yeah. know. And I think because of that, you have – it's going to prove to win football games. You know, you always hear the term defense wins football games. I've, I don't know necessarily how, how – hard i believe in that philosophy just because that there's i've been a part of the game there's so many other moving parts to it but mm -hmm. it is essentially a huge huge part of the game you know yeah and because of that i think there's a position to really kind of blow up at any position because there's that depth there's that experience there's that talent that you want at really every every level and every facet so because of that i can't really get too much into it simply because i don't know what's going to happen yeah i don't know who's going to blow up yeah. you know can well, that's what's great you, about sports, too, is you don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You yeah. have to go to the game. You have to watch the game. Yeah. Anything could happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I hope I hope I hope just viewers out there that go to the game today, they just take an analytical approach to it and just understand the logistics behind it and really just see position for position how good we, we could potentially be. You know, I think yeah. that'll show a little bit today. I don't think it, it's a great kind of dust or rust off type of situation, you know, and I think it'll be some good competition because I know Central Washington, just like any other program, they're going to have some players, you know, oh, yeah. even if you get a JC or a Juco, you know, it's still the same type of situation. There are some dogs that play at the Juco level that just yeah. may not have had the grades, may not have had the opportunity or just came from a rougher program that made it tough for them to get that opportunity to play at the next level, you know? Well, and they have, they have some guys that are from the big sky conference on their team. Yeah. They exactly. started in the big sky conference. So it's not like they're not going to, and, and, you know, central Washington, the D D two level is pretty legit. They've yeah, they're been, legit. They're, they're looked at as one of the top programs. Um, and so I, I would advise Grizz Nation, you know, if it's not a blowout, if it's not, if it's a close win, really don't like get down on the team. Like these guys are, are, are shaking off a year and a half rust, yeah. you know, and I, I don't think it's going to be like a, a real game where it's, you're going to be having all your ones um, play the whole game. I hope not. I, I would, I would hope not. I would say, hey, let's get some depth. Let's get throw yeah. some guys in there. Um, so if it's if it's a close win, if it's a loss, you know, which could happen, you mm -hmm. know, they don't they don't have film on these guys. Mm -hmm. A year and a half ago, that that's a long time. Things have changed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things have changed since two days ago. Two mm -hmm. days ago, their starting running back was playing. Mm -hmm. Just last night, he's in the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. So. You know, it can change just like that. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I I hope that, you know, Grizz Nation, you have fun, but have patience. It's spring season. It's not, you know, a real season. Um, and so, yeah, that's my my take on it, too. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. I'm excited for man. I really am. It's 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 an opportunity, dude. It's an opportunity for them. It's an opportunity for the state just to kind of one get the nostalgia of football coming back, yeah. let them know that things are gonna go back to normal. Obviously, with this crazy, crazy time, it's gonna tough year for a lot of people, you know. And so yeah. we're turning back to this somewhat normalcy, even though it's a it's a it's interesting situation with it being in the springtime 
football's back. And because of that, I think people are going to find peace in knowing, hey, things are going to go back to normal out there. And obviously, we're shifting from football to just a live perspective. But I'm hopeful for the end of the year, man. I'm hopeful yeah. for how this year is going to play out. And, you know, I'm hopeful to, for things to kind of come back to normalcy. Maybe some things change for the better, you know. And I hope we continue to be progressive in our efforts, progressive in our, our approach with this whole situation, you know. And so I, I'm excited to see how it turns out and how it plays out. And I think um, it's one of those things you kind of ground yourself in certain things. And I think football is one of those things that people ground themselves in. You know, yeah. it's such a tradition. It's such an experience. It's such a big part of what Montana is. And I think because of that, and, you know, I think people hold on to this. So I think this is going to give people somewhat of a little bit of hope to, you know, let people know hey, things are going to be OK. You know, yeah. this this thing, this what we're going through, what you're going through, whether it be financially, whether it be in your relationship, whether it be personal level, you know, it, it, we're going to get out of this. You know, exactly. we're going to be able to kind of move past it and continue on. So I'm hopeful for the future, man. I can't wait to see what happens today just because I think it's going to, you know, kind of root us back to who we are. Exactly. Hey, one last thing. Predictions, dude. Predictions for this game. What are you going to – what's going to happen, dude? It's a win, bro. It's Let a win. That Yes, it's a huge win. I think uh, – you know what? I'm – I'm sorry to say, Central Washington. I think it's going to be a somewhat of a of a of a, of a you're going to be playing catch up. I think majority of the game. Let's, let's put that the nice way. You know, I think <laughs> I think you'll be playing catch up. You know, and so I'm not going to give a specific number, but I'm just going to leave it at that. It's going to be. Oh, come on now, come on, come on. Oh, gosh, <laughs> if I'm being real, I'd like to say 50s and 60s to you know 20s. Yeah. Yeah, I think I it'll be one of those games. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, probably 35, 14, kind of one of those games as well. No, you've been a little um, generous. I think I think you're going to take it and run. <laughs> mercy mercy roll. It's home. <laughs> I think it's gonna. they're going to go out and, and play some game. Nice. That, mm. I, well, I can't wait. I know Grizz Nation can't wait. I know that you're you're going to be going there now. Well, so yeah. make sure that if you see Angel out, you, you get them a – uh, a high five or, 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 you know, a, an elbow as uh, they well, say. Five, huh? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. Spring season is here. This is our last preview. Uh, we'll have a lot more stuff for you guys, a lot more things that we're going to be doing. Yeah. So uh, tell your friends, uh, yeah. make sure that if you want to hear us, uh, make sure you get to the podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast, you subscribe to us, give us a rate, give us a review. You hit those five stars. We love those five stars. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, get us on Twitter, Instagram, at our Facebook page at Fight on Montana. Uh, we want to hear from you. Thank you for our comment, Michael Kemper, uh, for commenting and, and joining us with this show. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we get more and, and we we have that discussion with with the fans as well. Yeah. Um, but man, it is game day, dude. Game day, man. Let us know what you guys want to hear. You know, yes. don't be afraid to let us know some topics, even if it be outside of the realm of football or related to football. Um, let us know. Reach out to us. You know, I'm a big advocate, advocate of mental health, of taking care of yourself. Um, and so that's something that's really important to me. So I want to make sure that this kind of a foundation of what this podcast is about. So you guys let us know if there's something on your mind in any type of sense that you want to talk about. And we'll be sure to kind of discuss it. I'd love to include that. Yep. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm gonna let you go, man. I'm yeah. gonna let you go it's stretch time, out, stretch yeah. out, get your voice ready, do a little, oh, yeah. Oh, little yeah. voice action, yeah. and 
And uh, we will see you soon, listeners. Make sure that you uh, cheer hard and fight on for another day. Yeah. Take care, guys. Yeah.